0: Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you.
1: Download Pray.com right now and learn the Bible
0: with James Earl Jones. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. With men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible.
2: Download the Pray.com app today.
3: Today on this Best of 2021 Focus on the Family episode, we'll be exploring an often misunderstood source of problems in marriage, and that is spiritual warfare.
2: Scriptures begin with a marriage. It's Adam and Eve. Um, It's an important institution. It, It reflects the image of God himself. And so wouldn't it make sense if Satan wants to attack God that he would attack the thing that reflects his image?
3: That's Noreen Mueloff explaining why you and your spouse may be experiencing some unexpected and perhaps even troubling conflict in your relationship. Noreen and her husband, Dr. Tim Muloff, are our guests today, and your host is Focus President and author Jim
1: Daly. Thanks for joining us. I'm John Fuller. John, this best of conversation with Tim and Noreen really resonated with our listeners when we aired it earlier this year, and we received some great comments in response. One woman said, this is confirmation of what we have experienced. We asked the saints to join us in praying for myself and my husband. Thank you. Focus on the family. Another comment was, my eyes will be open now, more than ever. This has confirmed many thoughts I've had about the attacks of the enemy. We can't allow the devil to have an inch. I'm looking for chains to be broken in Jesus' name. Well, those are wonderful
3: comments, and uh, the Mulas really did a great job of reminding us that spiritual warfare is real. It's a very serious matter, and the Bible has a lot to say about this topic, more than we realize.
1: That's right. In Ephesians 6, we're told we wrestle against cosmic power. And spiritual forces of evil. That's pretty straightforward. And in 1 Peter 5, Satan is compared to a roaring lion that's seeking uh, to devour us. So if you haven't considered how spiritual warfare may be impacting your life, and especially your marriage, uh, you'll want to lean into the great content that Tim and Noreen will share with us today. And Dr. Tim Muloff is professor of communications at Biola
3: University, also the director of resources for the Biola Center for Marriage and Relationships. He's an author and podcast host, and his wife, Noreen, is the assistant director of chapel programs at Biola. Together, they routinely speak at marriage conferences, and Tim has written a book that we'll focus on today called Defending Your Marriage, The Reality of Spiritual Battle. We can tell you more about that at focusonthefamily.ca. And Jim, here's how you began the conversation with the Mieloffs on this best of edition of Focus on the
1: Family. Explain why we Christians can be kind of clueless about spiritual warfare today. What's happening in our ability to discern? That's really what it is, a lack of discernment. I think it
4: has to do with what comes to mind when I say the demonic. I think most people are like, wow, The Demonic, immediately thinking to the top movies on Netflix, right? The Conjuring, Paranormal Experience, where people are getting dragged across a room, Uh, a person is levitating, speaking in guttural Latin voices. And so you look at that and you go, ah, I don't want to have any part of that. That is not something I want to dabble in. I think that's uh, Hollywood at its worst. I, I, so I don't deal with it, right? If that's my idea of the demonic, then I'm staying a mile away from it.
2: Right, and that it's something that happens elsewhere. Like maybe you hear about in Africa or in Asia, but it doesn't happen in the U.S. or it doesn't happen in the West. And so we can dismiss it as something that happened in the past or in another location, but it doesn't happen locally, and within our own families. Well,
1: you've raised that. That is a question that I will hear occasionally. What's the answer to that question? Do we see it in a different form, or what is the answer to that question? Well, I think in—so I did relief work in Africa,
4: in the Mathari Valley, one of the uh, poorest regions of uh, Africa, and when we would go out, Simon Zerimakinga would gather us all together, and he would pray warfare prayers, and I had never heard of one before. Warfare prayer was simply, um, we know we are sending out these dear workers out into a spiritual battlefield and God protect them. And Satan, listen to me when I say this, you are not to touch them. They're God's children. We send them out in God's power. You are not to touch them. And we pray this in the power of Jesus' name. Now go. And first time I was the team leader. So I'm driving out going, oh my gosh, what was that? Like, I'm going to be spiritually attacked not even knowing what that would look like, like not having a concept of what that would look like. And so I want to say it's more in the West that we struggle with this. Other parts of the world in different locations, they take it very seriously. And so when I started to research the book, I started to reread the Gospels and then started to read what other um, notable Christian authors would say about this. Here's the number one fact that blew me away, and I thought, boy, I might need to write on this. So according to some New Testament scholars, 25% of everything Jesus had to say had to do with the demonic. Hmm. So I say to my students at Biola University, imagine taking 25% of everything Jesus said and just setting it aside not paying attention to it. I'm going to pay attention to the 75%. And my students are like, well, what's the 25%? I said, it has to do with demons and the demonic and spiritual battle. And then I asked them, do you believe in the devil? Every one of them says yes. And then I say to them, does it make any difference in how you, you treat your roommates? Does it make any difference in how you treat your parents or a dating relationship or evangelism? And virtually every one of these dear students pretty much says no. Doesn't make a
1: difference in how I go about doing my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course, you've written this book, Defending Your Marriage. So you're taking this in the context of marriage. And I appreciate that. I think, uh, you know, what I've observed is our inability to recognize it. I think that's what happens in yeah. the West. They, like you said, they're far more attuned to spiritual battles in other parts of the world. I've had the privilege to travel as well. So I've seen it. And it's almost like uh, I think Satan's pleased with the fact that he keeps us just um i guess disengaged with it. Oh, mm-hmm. you know we just modernize everything we don't see it, but in that context of of marriage in particular, uh, why do you think it's a target for Satan, and why is he trying to accomplish? the breaking of marriage? Mm-hmm. This is a big question.
2: Yeah. I mean, the value of marriage is the first thing that comes to mind for me. I mean, we have the scriptures begin with a marriage. It's Adam and Eve. Um, it's an important institution. It it reflects the image of God himself. And so wouldn't it make sense if Satan wants to attack God that he would attack the thing that reflects his image? And so to me, it makes sense that this would be an object of attack.
1: Yeah. Let me, let me uh, deepen this a little bit, because I think the two of you had an experience. You were going to a marriage seminar, mm-hmm. and this is how it typically happens. I mean, Jean and yeah. I will feel this at times, especially if I'm going to speak on marriage. All of a sudden, things are just not right at home. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, I irritate her, she irritates me. It's kind of odd. It like comes out of left field. And sometimes we might overplay that. I don't know, but I want your input. At other times, I'm going, oh my goodness, this is a spiritual battle. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's attacking us right now. And stop and pray and do the things that we need to do to remedy that. But what is that uh, balance, if we could take our Western goggles off, to recognize it's a satanic attack in our marriage versus it's our triggers? So going back
4: to the, the first marriage right, which mm-hmm. you pointed out in Genesis. Well, if you take a look at how the serpent attacks Adam and Eve, what's great about teaching at a Christian university, you've got some really smart professors. Yeah. So you get to walk over to them and you get to say, okay, so when it's said that the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field, like in Hebrew, what does crafty mean? It means subtle. Hmm. So when the, when the serpent, go, like imagine the serpent walking right up to Eve and saying, Eve, On three, rebel against God. It wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't have happened. Eve would have turned and looked at him and said, no, of course not. There's no reason to rebel. But then he comes as a serpent... And we know in Near Eastern times, serpents were these glowing things, these shiny things. I mean, don't equate them how we view snakes. We view snakes now after the fall as things to be worried about. Uh, Eve would have had no reason to be suspicious of the snake. Mm. And now the snake talks. Well, oh, that's interesting. I didn't know snakes talk, but she is under no threat whatsoever. And then he starts to work in very subtle ways. So now shift to this, what happened when we were leaving for a family at marriage conference. Noreen has noticed for a couple of days that there's a leak happening beneath our faucet. And then she makes a tactical mistake of saying, honey, can you look at it? Yeah. And I'm like, sure. So now, now you know what it's like leaving for LAX. It, it is, we're going to leave. We have... We're leaving five days before the flight to LAX. is like craziness. And Noreen opens it. And we're literally leaving in five minutes, and the leak is happening. Now, no kids. That leak could potentially go all weekend. But we have no time. We got to get to LAX. We can't be late to the marriage conference. So now we get into the car, and there's just tension. There's silence between us. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of thinking what? You're thinking...
2: I'm thinking why did, why didn't you take care of the the leak? Um, what we realized was it was a pattern yeah. of yeah. exactly what you were talking about that irritability, the crankiness, the why does it seem like every time we go away, kids get sick, things in the house break, we end up you know right. bickering with right. one another. Um, And then we stepped back and said, perhaps there's something else at bay. And I think, you know, the way you worded the question, even to say, is it our, you know, pushing our triggers Triggers, or is it spiritual battle? And what I would like to say is it doesn't have to be one or the other Mm -hmm. and that it can be both.
1: Well, oftentimes the Christian vernacular, we talk about our flesh and then Satan, Mm -hmm. and they tend to work in tandem. So to your point, our flesh usually moves in a direction that's uh, satanic, I would say, that yeah, is yeah. against God. Yeah. Uh, and and we don't need to differentiate, really. It's just No, it's, and he it's, takes it's advantage.
2: Evil. He right. takes advantage of our yeah. weaknesses. He takes advantage of our sin. So when we open ourselves to those kind of things, it gives him then the opportunity to get the foothold right. and um, exasperate, accelerate, throw fuel on the fire.
3: This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment. mongrel media and lionsgate present american underdog tell me why a team worth 800 million dollars should put you in the driver's
1: seat this christmas if you give me a chance i will not let you down life made him an underdog all my life i've defined myself through sports i was meant for something more Faith made him a champion. God is going to do something great with you. Experience the true story of legendary quarterback Kurt Warner. Destiny wants the
3: underdogs. You want to prove that. Starts Christmas Day.
0: At Focus on the Family Canada, we hear from moms, dads, grandmas, and grandpas who are dealing with difficult situations. Whether it's strained marriage, the demands of parenting, or some other life challenge, they're looking for help. As we continue to face uncertainty, many families are feeling weary and need to know God's love and hope. That's why Focus on the Family Canada provides broadcasts on a variety of topics. Online articles and downloads, kids of integrity lessons, prayer support, counseling consultations, and more. But we cannot provide this free content without you. Your donation today will make sure families have a trusted place to turn to for help and hope. You can provide them with relevant, practical, and biblical support that addresses the issues they're facing. Will you donate today? Call 1-800-A-FAMILY or visit FocusOnTheFamily.ca to make your donation. That's FocusOnTheFamily.ca
3: Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming.
1: Maureen, I want to come back your direction, because you mentioned something that we didn't explore, and that is this idea of a a foothold for Satan. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's really important, because I think especially in marriage, we don't stop and really understand how often we're doing that. And it's in our bickering, our Mm -hmm. verbal spats, our battles. Describe what a, a foothold is for Satan to get in between you and your spouse and what damage can be done because of it?
2: Sure. Well, you know, a foothold is anything that gives somebody a position of power and influence. So when we talk about Satan having a foothold, and this is, you know, coming from Ephesians 4, um, it allows him to enter in, he has access, and from there can. Like I said, throw fuel on the fire and exaggerate and make exasperate, make things worse even. So when we talk about a foothold, it can be, even using that the the verse, you know, do not let the sun go down on your anger. To not give Satan a foothold. So when we, and for us, that doesn't mean like we have to resolve conflict before the sun goes down. Like it's not a literal, but it means we're not going to let it fester. We're not going to let it take hold. Because we know that anger in and of itself is not sin, but how we handle that anger and how we respond. So if there's anger between us, if there's frustration, or if, like we were talking about the very strengths that tim has if they if i find them starting to become annoying that's a cue to me like i need what's going on mm. why is this thing that used to be so attractive so frustrating right now and what <laughs> i want to do is i want to justify it and say it's cuz of him mm. rather than saying what why has my perspective changed what's at work and have i allowed satan some access mm to dwell on things, am I holding things, am I letting bitterness cement and letting those thoughts, not holding those thoughts captive to Christ, but allowing them to develop in ways that are going to continue mm-hmm. to drive a larger wedge in our relationship rather than bringing us back together.
1: Tim, you also write in your book about CS Lewis and the screw tape letters, mm-hmm. which is yeah. one of our favorites oh. here, Focus. We did a radio theater on yeah. that. It's brilliant. Uh, we have some great BBC voice actors in that. Oh. It's, a, it's one of the best, I think that we did, but that's right. Uh, we love the screw tape letters. Yeah. How did that connect for you? Well, we love
4: the screw Tape Letters as well. Absolutely. Uh, we got a chance to see it performed mm-hmm. as well. It was awesome. Um, it showed me the subtlety of it. Right. It, Lewis is in the fine moments. It's a demon working on a person for years, getting an attitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, remember, I remember the old lady who her tea just had to be just right. And she would say, oh, I'm not a picky person. Oh, no, I'm not a picky person. <laughs> But could I have my tea just a, just a little bit? And, and Lewis goes on forever because she is now not willing to accommodate anything other than what she wants. And she would never admit to that. She would say, I just like a good cup of tea. can a woman just have a good cup of tea? And the demon is causing her to be inflexible. And that then will be used somewhere else with children, a church person, but the inflexibility is a great quality. So when I started to read Lewis, I realized maybe the demons that are working on me it is such small things that i don't even notice this is spiritual attack and he is setting a trap for me
2: which goes back to the craftiness yeah that's what i think you know the the whole screw tape letters is such a great example it's a creative envisioning of just how crafty it's subtle it's little steps that we allow to happen and then you end up where you're too fussy about your tea, but it, and then that leads into everything, you know, being fussy right. about everything.
1: Right, and yeah. the mastery of screw tape letters its from the perspective of Satan and his demons and yeah. how they're going to manipulate these right. people, and right. that's what makes it so brilliant, actually. When we look at those weapons, we've talked a lot about the other guy's weapons. Well, we got some weapons, too, mm-hmm. and one of the things that you talk about in the marriage relationship is the weapon of community. Mm. And I'm speaking Mm. weapon as a positive thing. right? You know, our weapons don't line up with the other guys' weapons. Ours is love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, mercy. Community could be perceived in there. You know, relationship, we're made for relationship. The other guys, envy, strife, jealousy, all the ugly side of humanity. So speak to the issue of community, and why is that important for married couples particularly?
2: Well, I think one of the... um strategies of the enemy can be isolation Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. when you're in community that's the antidote to isolation and even if you're just isolated together as a couple and you don't have anybody encouraging you you don't have outside eyes on you saying like hey you look like you're struggling can we help or you don't have other couples who are saying we struggle with that too You can begin to look at your marriage and go, we're losers. Something's wrong with us. This isn't working. He's the wrong person. I'm the wrong person. You come up with all these, again, lies that if you're not in community, those lies can take root and you begin to believe them and you make decisions based on those lies. And I think community can be that speed bump to letting those lies become embedded and then taking action on those.
1: Yeah. You mentioned community, but I think we're so illiterate nowadays, if I could say it that way, mm-hmm. that I'm not sure that we actually know what to do in community. No. What you're talking about being in community and being believers in community mm-hmm. particularly is understanding the weapons of our warfare. And you even, I think, relate that to Ephesians 6, right. which is the, the the spiritual weapons that we possess right. and the defensive right. Armor that we have. Absolutely. Talk about th- that component and how we need to apply those things. So here's the here's the cool thing
4: when you we're at a university with people who study a book their entire life. I mean, think about that. So we have a, a, a gentleman at Biola, Dr. Clint Arnold, who has studied Ephesians his entire life. Mm-hmm. So I bought him many copies, many yeah. copies yeah. with a legal pad, just writing like a mad person. He said two things I will never forget. He said you have to remind people it was a letter. We added the verses. Uh, and chapter breaks just for easy reference. But it it was a letter. So if you read the letter, his point is as clear as a bell. He's talking about in Ephesians 5 about marriage and it bleeds seamlessly into armor, the spiritual uh, breastplate of righteousness, right? Shouting our feet with the gospel of peace and things like that. But in the letter, it is one continuous thought, meaning if you're going to do this thing called Christian marriage, you better get dressed because the battle's at your feet, spiritual battle. But then he made a point but what made the Roman army so effective? Two things made the Roman army so effective. One was their shoes. They actually they were the first to put spikes in their shoes. Mm. So they could run up mountains. But when they stuck their foot in the ground, you're not pushing them off that ground. But they also locked arms with each other and knocked knees. The Persians could not move them off a spot. So the point that we make in the book is if you were to say to Paul... Uh, is spiritual battle just one Roman soldier? Is that the metaphor I'm trying to use? He would go, oh, no, 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 not the soldier, the cohort. Mm -hmm. It's the group of Roman soldiers that were so powerful. So I think Paul is even there suddenly saying, listen, families, marriages, one Roman soldier going against Persians would get obliterated, but a Roman cohort coming together is not gonna be moved off that mark. And so first thing we did when we got to Biola University we pulled together a marriage group.
2: Hmm.
4: And we've had this group for now 16 years. Mm
2: -hmm.
4: And it's just life-giving because you were talking about isolation, Noreen. Mm -hmm. You can just feel like you're the loser family that has a wayward teenager. You're the loser family that is having a really hard time uh, resolving this issue. And and that gets rid of all of it. When another couple that you respect goes, are you kidding me? Our teenagers, we were gonna ship them off. We didn't know what to do with these kids. I think Satan loses a great piece of ammunition there because it's like, you're not alone. This Mm -hmm. is normal. Mm -hmm. And then Satan can't use it anymore because you normalized it. So you got to have that cohort with you. And I get that it's frustrating and people don't know how to do it. And so I say grab one or two couples and say, uh, let's read a marriage book. Let's read a mealhawk book. I'm thinking out loud.
1: <laughs> you're thinking in the right Gee, direction. I'm thinking let, me, up. let me end here because our time is done. But um, it's something I often say that our marriages are a testimony to nonbelievers mm-hmm. who are watching us mm-hmm. particularly. And I think when you're in ministry, like I am, like you are, uh, it's even magnified more so, and I think in that way, sometimes we'll get maybe even more spiritual battle, mm-hmm. because if he can take us down, yeah. he wins a big, yeah. you know, big yeah. feather. Yeah. Um, how in that context do we uh, get up every morning as a married couple remembering that our marriages are seen by our family members, by those in church, by the people we work with, etc. Yeah. Is that important to even keep in mind?
2: I think it is important to keep in mind, but for me, the most important thing is that what people see in our marriage is a reflection of what's really there and what's in my heart individually, what's in Tim's heart individually, what's in our heart as a couple. Because what I wouldn't want to do, and I think the danger can be, especially for couples in ministry or couples that are, you know, in the public, is that you begin to put on an external what you think it's it should so look like yeah. Yeah. even though and then the internal begins to crumble so as we get up every morning we we are aware of that of you know that people may be watching people are making decisions based on what they they see but the important thing is not what they see it's what's in our hearts that's creating mm-hmm. what they see
1: that's one reason i'm actually really excited about the next generation because i think mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. comprehend authenticity better than the Previous generation, yeah. if I could say it that way. And, it, you know, of course that's a blanket statement. I get that. But we tended to project perfection and not live up right. to it, yeah. rather than project brokenness yeah. and live that yeah. so that other people could come into relationship with Christ. And I think that's what the Lord clearly says. When you're low, I am lifted up. I mean, when you're broken, He's lifted up. And that's the story. That's the power of the gospel. Not that I'm so good I'm doing it well. This isn't like a math test we're taking and I'm an A student and didn't miss any answers. No, this is about our need for him in every aspect of our life. And I I hope that's where not only Christian leadership goes but the entire church Mm -hmm. goes because I think that's the secret to moving forward in a better direction. That's the ingredients of revival. Hmm. Yeah, I totally agree.
4: And it's going to be the groups again. The group keeps us round uh, grounded. Our our marriage group keeps us grounded because if you start to um, be high and mighty, you can't do that with other PhDs. They're like, stop it, stop it. (laughs) That's that really helps us stay
3: grounded.
2: Well, yeah, Yeah. because they see you're living out when they see us living out our daily life. We can't be blowing smoke.
3: Well, having a supportive community for your marriage is great advice, especially when you and your spouse might be dealing with spiritual warfare. And uh, that's how we concluded this best of episode of Focus on the Family featuring Dr. Tim Muloff and his wife Noreen. We really do recommend you follow up on this very important topic by getting a copy of the book by Dr. Muloff called Defending Your
1: Marriage, the Reality of Spiritual Battle. John, as we said at the beginning, spiritual warfare is something we cannot afford to minimize or overlook, especially today in a culture that doesn't see marriage as valuable or even necessary. As Christians, we have a responsibility to be a living witness of what God intended marriage to be and we need to be more intentional about loving our spouse well and getting good tools to strengthen that relationship. That's why I recommend every couple get a copy of Tim's book, Defending Your Marriage. This is a must-have resource. You can order that directly from Focus on the Family Canada. And when you do, the proceeds will go right back into serving families with God's love across Canada. Yeah, and let me mention as well our free online marriage assessment,
3: which gives you and your spouse a good overview of what's working well in your relationship and maybe some suggestions for improvement as well. Uh, Contact us to learn more about the assessment and to donate and get Tim's book. Our number, 800-232-6459, 800, the letter A in the word family,
1: or stop by focusonthefamily.ca. And don't forget about our matching gift opportunity here at the end of the year. Some generous friends of Focus are willing to match your giving dollar for dollar. Your financial support is so critical right now as we anticipate hearing from literally hundreds of thousands of couples in 2022 Who are trying to build a stronger and more satisfying relationship, or they'll be navigating a crisis in their marriage. Working together, we can give these couples hope in the coming year. So please be generous with your giving to Focus on the Family. And
3: again, our number is 800, the letter A in the word family, or donate online at FocusOnTheFamily.ca. Well, coming up tomorrow, an inspiring message from Liz Curtis Higgs about the birth of Jesus.
2: These stories had to have the miraculous because we had to look at them and say, only God. Nothing is impossible for God. The NCV is God can do anything.
3: On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller inviting you back as we once more help you and your family thrive in Christ.